Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Billy Thrall. Bam! That introduction. Hey, welcome. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks, Tom Brown, for humbly letting us have this little space. This is going to be fun uh, because the two people here are way awesome. So my goal is to get out of the way and let us learn together what God's doing in their lives. Uh, the, the point of Koinonia for Tom and myself is the sense of creating community through a radio show. And really, we just got done praying for you, the listener. We really did. And that God would use what we say to minister to you. Uh, I say this every week. Uh, I think there's good news. Mm-hmm. I really believe that still. That is gospel. Yeah. And I really, really believe I see gospel in the lives of his people. Mm-hmm. So some of my favorite ways to talk about gospel and good news is bring his people in, and we're going to chat about that. So there you go. Here we are, Koinonia again. So let me introduce my friends, Don and Renee Wooster. Hello. Hello. Hey. I don't have a <coughs> clap track. And the crowd. We can imagine. Crowd. <laughs> a lot of people cheering. <laughs> yes. Um, Don and Renee Wooster, uh, welcome. And I don't even know how to introduce you because... People say, how do I know you guys? And I go, I just don't remember not knowing you. And what do they do? (sighs) Love people. So I will, this is the little introduction, then I'll let you introduce yourselves. Mm -hmm. I would say Renee is one of those people that a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, she's a big deal in my life. Like, mm-hmm. like, how did you get to be the pastor of that? Oh, Renee Wooster was in my story. Or where'd that come from, Renee Wooster? So Renee's that behind-the-scenes caregiver. Don the same way. Don also has a, a job as a therapist, you know, a paying job. Renee would love to have a paying job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the, you guys, same way. There's just a ton of folks who... Um, when I know them, get to talk their story, your name pops up because you've been loving a lot of people for a long time. Close? Would be close to your job descriptions? <laughs> Similar? I'd love for that to be said about us. Yeah. It is said. Mm-hmm. It's true. One way, yeah. you, one way that I know that I'm true is how many weddings have you been involved in or knew the couple? Yeah. Like, oh, you can't count all that. How many times have you been to a church and you're like, oh, yeah, that pastor was in my office or that worship leader is a friend of ours? (laughs) You can't say that. Your your list is very long. (laughs) Yes, you can. You're not allowed to, but you could. (laughs) There's all disclosure. So uh, I I think in this hour, we're going to talk about, we decided, we're going to talk about people, what we see in marriages and families and in friends and in our own lives. Good, bad, and ugly, because it's mm. called being a human. So that's what we're going to talk about. But, Don, anything in the next two minutes that I messed up in your job description mm-hmm. that you want to clarify? It was <clears throat> absolutely perfect, Billy. Except. I should not be surprised at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a private practice here in Phoenix, True North Consulting, and then Ren and I do marriage events and seminars and mm-hmm create opportunities to be with people and just talk to them about great relationships and mm-hmm. great marriages, which we've been, we have been very blessed and it's been God's good work and graciousness in our lives. But, um, so we like to be with folks and talking about the things that we've seen him do and we believe he still wants to do. And so that, 
it feels very joyful and we feel very privileged to get to do that. Mm-hmm. Renee, what would you add to your story? I feel like out of out of our brokenness and the places God's redeemed us, we get to go and help people have great relationships. Because we've been because we stand on a platform of grace and goodness and mercy, that's where we come from to be with people. So that's the platform. We've kind of set the table. We are glad you're listening to join us at this table. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. Taking a little break. When we come back, we're going to dig into it, where we think you are at and where we're at. Be back in just a minute. Is that you guys, that song right there? Don yeah. on guitar? Yeah. Renee with the vocals? <laughs> yeah. That's the lead That's in. early on. That was late 70s. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we weren't as well known then. But, <laughs> yeah. What was the name of your band? Um, Jacob's name. Uh, Hokey Tokies. <laughs> Hokey Tokies. <laughs> yeah. Is that, was that the name of the yeah, band? Yeah, and his Initial, first, his first hit single was... Captain Geach and the uh, Shrimp Track Shooters. Uh, what was this? What was the Hokey Tokies first hit? Was it... Um, she... She was always from the moon. She was always from the moon. <laughs> if you remember that from the, uh... okay, quick story. We uh, we came out. Our kids used to like to pull our pots and pans out, and they would rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. And so we'd kind of let it, but they would really do it with a certain concentration and satisfaction. So they're like, how old were they at that? Real little. Little little. Pre preschool. Yeah, and so I turned Jacob and I go, "You guys sound pretty good," and he's just a little super confident. You know, he goes, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I go, uh, what's the name of your band? I go, what's the name of your band? And doesn't miss a beat. He just goes, hokey tokies. And I go like, just boom. Like, like I should know working on it. They're the hokey tokies. And I go, wow, I like that song. What's the name of that song? She was always from the moon. (laughs) I mean, with the confidence. I just, and and then they one, I won't, I won two, three. And he and Emma just go off on the things. And I just go, wow, the Hokey Tokies first cover. She was always from the That's moon. what that was, man, uh-huh. by the way. That's yeah. what we just heard. And that was a version of that it. That was yeah, a version so. of it. Yeah. Recorded by Phil Kagey, I think. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. Oh, yeah, this is uh, Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Donna Renee Wooster sitting with me, Billy Thrall, from Movement Day, Arizona. And uh, I want to get the conversation going. They're, they're, I, I'm actually thinking, I'm imagining, we are sitting with who's ever listening we're at a coffee shop. We're hanging out, and I throw this question in the air, and let's see what Don and Renee do with it. How have your personal stories affected the advice you've given people over the years? Mm. Oh. I wasn't expecting it. That was a good question Billy pulled out, wasn't yeah, it? just I, pulled it out. It wasn't written down. That just yeah. How has what you, your life, How's it affect? I'll give you a little more time to think about it. There's a lot of good advice out there. Just great books. And there's a whole bunch of cool people doing their journeys. But you guys, I really think, have a gift to take your stories and good advice and blend them. Mm. So in your opinion, how'd that happen? 
Um, I would say, you know, in my experience, I I learned a bunch of answers pretty early on that weren't really answers in my own life. And so I had a master's degree in counseling when uh, I was in a marriage and that marriage failed. And that really brought me sort of to a pretty desperate place in my own life of kind of going, well, I know, I know, I I have good answers and I know the answers are right. How come they haven't worked Mm. in my life? And so that was a kind of a desperate, broken point for me. And I happened to be around a great group of believers that loved me in, in spite of the fact that I was broken and had failed and really just carried me. Um, and so it took a, a year of process sitting on someone else's couch and listening and looking in a different way at my own heart and soul and life and realizing that, um, you know, it wasn't about having the wrong answers, but um, the promise of Scripture is it's not that the answers that will set you free, it's the truth that will set you free. Because you can defend answers and you can camp on them and you can argue about them and you can shine them up, but answers don't set you free. The truth set you free. And at the end of the day, the truth is Jesus. Nice. And so I felt like uh, I, that truth, it wasn't like there was a new truth, but it was getting that truth to a new place in my own life mm-hmm. that really opened up and changed and and felt like did some different things in me. And so that's that's in me. I. That's my experience. That's my story, mm-hmm. and it's it's as it's as simple as that. It's as embarrassing as that. It's as glorious as that. But it's just that. That's what I have. It's my story and my experience, and that God is good, and He can still draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so good, and I'm I'm picturing uh, what Jesus said to his followers about the Pharisees, <clears throat> where he said. You know, do do what they say, but don't do it like they do it. That that they have answers, but their lives aren't matching. And he says, what, what their answers are a burden to people. Mm. Their their Bible answers, their their correction. He, he kept trying to tell followers, they're, they're, that's bad for people because it's burdensome. Mm-hmm. But my truth sets you free. Yeah. How about you, Renee? What would be ways that you would say? Yeah. Your story influences the way you serve and help and advise people. Yeah. I like, I want to say one thing on what Don was saying that I think is something the Lord's always working out in us is the congruency, the integrity of who we are. He's always kind of pulling us back into the line of grace. And we don't know the places that we're really broken, right? I mean, usually the Lord surfaces that so that we find out the ways we're broken. Uh, We don't try to live in our brokenness. I mean, we don't set out for most of us to live in our brokenness. But as those things get exposed, we find out the brokenness. So I think for me and my places of woundedness and brokenness that were done to me or I participated with, I think how that affects how I am with other people is, one is, I I always say, all roads lead back to Christ. Even if someone's completely lost, whether it's I'm watching someone be lost or I'm being lost, that there's a way in which the path is going to come back to Christ. Now, sometimes that's like big out around the mountain, through the valley, (laughs) you know, across the desert. 
But the road's eventually going to come back to Christ, even if because all the things that we're trying to stuff into our life, all the places that we're trying to find our needs met, get loved, get recognized, have significance, other than Christ, you go, yeah, that's just something you think is going to meet that need. And then I think the hope is the other part is that I felt like I was beyond repair. I was beyond redeemed. And I think to get all the way past, you know, where I thought that I could ever be reconciled, like God couldn't possibly accept me back. Um, I think then because of that, then I can look at hopeless situations and places and go, no, God, God does bigger things than that. He's mighty to save. Like he, he, he's always bigger than the thing that we go, it's too big. It's too shattered. It's, it's not going to work. It's not ever going to get mended. And I think the Lord and his kindness went, yeah, for me and my story, I was all the way out. I was outside the gates. <clears throat> I was the beggar. I was the person who said, I can't possibly be the person that God would come out and get me and bring me back in. And he did. So I think those two things, like all roads lead back to Christ. And then that he, I feel like there's a hope that I bring because of my own story that I'm like, yeah, that seems really devastating what happened. And yet... And yet, and but, <laughs> there's God. That's Donna Renee Wooster. I'm Billy Thrall. This is Quinn and e on Faith Talk 1360. Let me get make that real uh, in another way. Maybe we're listening to you and we're going, boy, that just sounds like ooey-gooey stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I have to raise kids. Yeah. <laughs> I had to run a business. Like, well, I don't have time for personal process and remembering, you know. Yeah. So how do you... That cynicism of, you know, it's just much easier. Can you just give me the manual on parenting? Can't you just give me the manual on marriage? Can't you give me the manual on relationships? Because I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's beautiful what you're saying, but what does it mean? How do you train, instruct, lead, and still have your story be a part of what's coming through? Any reaction to that question? Um, I would say... I, I don't think the gospel is complicated. I don't think living well and rich and deep and real is complicated. It's simple. It's just not easy. And, you know, the reality for some folks is to sort of go, they're maybe looking for a bargain or a shortcut or they're maybe looking for a way to avoid some of the reality that's in front of them, uh, how they're feeling or what they're thinking or where they've been. We just pay a real high price when we avoid reality. Mm. There's no freedom in reality. Once we start that fiction going, we just spin further and further off. So I think when Scripture says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, the word truth in John is the word reality. Mm. Avoiding reality is the most expensive thing you can do, and it's also the, the most ineffective thing you can do. So you're, I think what you're saying is we got to dig into what's real, Got to be honest if we're going to receive instruction. Is that another way to yeah, say that? Yeah, if we're not going to be able to speak the truth in love, which again, speak reality in love, uh, the promise in Ephesians is if we speak the truth in love, we'll grow up into the fullness of Christ. The alternative is to not grow up. The alternative is to blow up or clam up or something else, but not to grow up. And I don't think that's a good trajectory for enjoying any part of your life or any kind of success business or personal or professional or spiritual. So I think uh, those foundational things, they're not complicated. 
Um, but there has to be a, a willingness, and mm-hmm. I think for most of us, to turn from willful to willing yeah. is a little bit of a crisis around our own mm-hmm. egos and appetites and fears. And it's a crisis that I think Christ invites us into. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here in a little bit. We have like one more minute. Anything you would add to that, Renee? Yeah, I think the the word avoidance has the word dance in it. And I think when what Don is kind of talking about is it's a way that we kind of dance around things. It has to have it has to have the sense of God's spirit in it too. So like just to go, I'm going to speak the truth. Like there there's that, right? But that's religion to an extreme to go, I'm going to come in, I'm going to show you and you go, well that that doesn't the com- combination of those two things. How do you bring love with truth? That can only be demonstrated if we have the spirit of God. Only the spirit of God knows how to combine those two things together. We've got to take a break, and then I'm going to give you, the listener, a gift. I'm going to give you a gift of what you would want to ask these folks, and I think I know what it is. What about real life? What are some hints, guides that they see as they interact with people? This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona, sitting with my friends Donna Renee Wooster. We want to be a gift to you and the things we see in the people around us. So come back in just a little bit. We're going to drill into some things we think work better than others. Be back in just a minute. Hey, welcome back. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, and I'm here with Donna Renee Wooster. They're so hard to put in a box, which is awesome. Just shepherds and caregivers and friends and cool people, speakers and buddies, you Mm. know, Uh, to a lot of people, including my wife and I, kind of privileged. Uh, So going into the break, we were talking a little bit about how you guys know your own story and how it affects the way you transfer truth and guide uh, I've been thinking about this maybe as a gift to the listeners. Uh, I've been done premarital counseling before, and I get that look of these people. They come to me that first session, and they're like, give us give us the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, let's, do we have to do 20 sessions? What's the trick? Like, how do we stay married? You know, or whatever. And after 30 years of being in ministry, I know how to handle that question a little better than others. But I also have learned some things. My answers are way different now than they were then. But... When people come to you in your office or in your life or in your home, your children, your f- people, what are some of the things you find yourself saying to people over and over? Mm-hmm. What are some of the themes, the advice, and, and advice in a good way, you know, like help? Maybe they're in a crisis or maybe they want to avoid a crisis or they've come out of a crisis. But what are themes that you see yourself repeating when you're talking? Silence is a good tool. Renee, what do you see? What do you see yourself saying lots of times when you're with groups of leaders? I think that one of the areas is the surprise. Like, there's a surprise when, um, especially as believers for Christian relationships, that brokenness comes out. And so there's this sense that, whether it's a business relationship or a family relationship or a marriage or friendship, you go, 
I'm surprised at how broken you are or how broken I am. And then when we both show up broken, then there's a surprise that there's still sin in our Ooh. relationship. So there's a surprise about um, – and there's some, some assumptions, I think, that um, happen because we assume because we both have a faith that things will go a certain way. So I think there's an element of surprise in it. Um, I think more recently the things that have been shown is just the lack of the ability to be connected in relationship. And so knowing how to meet each other, um, even even as simple as how do we how do we get connected to each other, like really know each other, um, there's this lack of that now in any kind of relationship and even the creativeness of what we do with one another, how we how we become students of each other, how it's an ongoing process and a journey as much as like, oh, gosh, what do we do now that we've shown up and we're really disconnected and we find out we're broken and then we're kind of shattered in some ways like what? I think one of the things I hear you saying, and this is a gift to people you don't ever figure it out. So just know you're not going to ever figure it out and be okay with learning that together. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I hear you saying. Like you're going to constantly surprise each other. Yeah. Charlotte and I have been married 29 years and all the time I do something and she's like, I didn't, that, I didn't think you'd be, that's, that's right. in you. Right. Or she'll do the same thing. And I'm like, I thought I knew you like <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah. And if that you? freaks you out, yeah, like what happened? If that freaks you out, then you're going to get in a scary place. But if you're okay with, oh, there's going to be mystery, there's going to be surprise. I love that you use yeah. that word. That's okay. That's what we do. And then, to, and then the second thing I hear you saying is that shouldn't distant you like magnets. Yeah. It should instead click you together. Like, hey, let's, let's be together in the yeah. surprises. Yeah, I would say I, I think um... – the momentum that starts relationships, just the mutual attraction and the affection and and the promises and the declarations of a wedding. I mean, those are so amazingly cool and powerful and they launch so well. Um, but I think the bigger, fuller picture that there are things in us that God wants to heal and the best way to expose and surface the deep things in our life is through a covenant relationship like marriage. And so God is going to use marriage as a surfacing agent. And I think sometimes, even as believers, we may both be Christians, but we still don't have a Christ-centered relationship. Yeah, We're still just hoping for a happily ever after, just like everybody else, with a little Jesus sprinkled on top. So the idea that God's going to refine us, and he's going to restore us, and he's going to reveal us, that's probably a little bit more than we signed up for. And it can throw people into a panic. Um, but I would say this is a great time of year to sort of go, and God is with us, Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. So he would never send us into that unless he was coming with us, mm -hmm. not just as some spiritualized with us, but really with us, with a full provision, with full grace, with full mercy. Because I think we all run out of those things at some point. Yeah. And we have to go to him to go, I need grace right now for this person. I'm out of courage. I need that from you. I'm out of mercy. They have hurt me bad really bad and my cup mm -hmm. is empty he's got a river of it but i think that dependency on christ and then a willingness to allow him to to connect us and reconnect us mm -hmm. um 
I, I don't think that's just a, a nice little declaration or promise we make at our wedding. It's a reality. Uh, Francis, St. Francis said, you only really know the theology that you do. And marriage makes you do theology. Right. Yeah. It's too long. It's too exposed. It's too comprehensive. There's no place to hide. There's no place to run. And at the end of the day, you're left standing with another person and saying, is the love of Christ and the grace of Christ enough to hold us together in spite of ourselves and in spite of what we're facing? And discovering that together in in reality, in real time, in real places, that does transform us. Mm. Um, but it's it's a high-risk sport. I mean, I think marriage is an extreme sport, and it's yeah. designed like that mm-hmm. to bring us to the end of ourselves and find the next best version of what Christ has for us. Um, I think it's better and harder than most people anticipate, and they're a little surprised when all the, yeah. the stuff stirs up. But it's there's so much goodness in there. Well, and, and with this time of year, especially, you find out your expectations and the places that you're disappointed and the places things fall short and you bring your full heart to someone and they don't receive it or you you come into a relationship that you go, that's not how I thought this would go. Whether it's in marriage or friendship or business, all of those, you come with a certain amount of expectation. And I think knowing what to do with your disappointment is part of what the Lord has is going, what do I do when it drops? What do I do when it's not turning out the way I thought it would? Um, when our finances aren't what I thought they would be, or this, this family relationship that's still not been restored. What do I do with the places where it feels like it's still disappointing that we're showing up and we don't have the connection that I thought we would have? Yeah. The disappointment, I think, is one of the things that we don't know how to... I think we have less ability to manage disappointment because we're living in this kind of Hollywood social media era where everything has to be posted that's good and not disappointing. And so we're comparing our lives constantly. Well, I think, too, you know, grace as Christians, we're we're quick to say how amazing grace is. But when Jesus gives examples of grace in most of the Gospels... People aren't saying it's amazing. They're really saying it's offensive. Like, it's not fair is what they're screaming because that's what we scream. And I think at the end, we're born with a default justice system inside of us. And that justice system grows up and it goes way into our life and our marriages. And at the end of the day, when we have the justice scales operating at the center of our life or marriage, mm-hmm. we're constantly evaluating and asking, it's not fair. I'm going to build a case against you. I'm going to prosecute you and prove that I'm right. Mm-hmm. And if the justice scale, if fairness is the default emotional core of our lives, we're just putting ourselves on trial mm-hmm. over lots of things. And I want to tell you, you don't want to spend that much time in court. Yeah. It is not as fun as the TV shows make it. <laughs> and it's very expensive. But I would say this to kind of go, the justice system, the scales of justice are not supposed to be the center of our lives or our marriage. The center of our lives, uh, an upgrade from the justice scales is the cross. Mm-hmm. A gospel-centered relationship is not based on justice and fairness. And it's never less than fair, mm-hmm. but it's considerably more than fair. We need more than fair. We need more than justice to live together with a humility and a brokenness and a confidence and a joy. We need more than fair. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the gospel gives us in extremely extravagant, beautiful ways. But it's it's not a theoretical, um, it's not a conceptual. It's a it's a a relational, embraced and released into one another, and that that's better than we can even describe. Donna Renee Wooster here with me on Quinonia Faith Talk thirteen sixty. In this next couple minutes, Renee, you were hinting at our tendency. In crisis, I was kind of hearing you say is to flee, to run, to yeah. quit, to panic. Mm-hmm. What's our other option? Which it should, you know, mm-hmm. rather than that, rather yeah. than fight or flight, rather than scream and yell. Yeah. Where have, you, where have you experienced or seen another way to live? Well, I think that our tendency is to try and make people the center. I mean, as good as what, I mean, people are what we're given. Like that's <laughs> when we're on our deathbed, the things that we'll ask around, to have around us will not be buildings or businesses or contracts. We're going to ask for people, right? So people are of great value. It's just that they can't be the thing we worship. And there's an elevated sense when we depend on a person that we can elevate them into something else they shouldn't be in, that instead of elevating them, we go, I have to go back to Christ and ask them, ask him how to see them. If I don't go back to Christ to ask his vision and purpose for the relationship, I'm going to put too much pressure on the relationship and I'll keep fleeing. I'll keep trying to run away. I have to bind my heart to Christ. And if I I go to him and say, bind my heart to thee, let my heart be so connected to you that I can see a vision for this. I'm hearing you talk about trusting God at a whole nother level because it's worth it. Mm-hmm. We got to take a break. This is Coin and Eon Faith Talk 1360. I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. I'm going to dig into a hard question after the break. You're going to love it, though. You guys don't know what's coming. Come right back with us in just a little bit. Bye. This is still Koinonia, Faith Talk 1360s, letting me, Billy Thrall, have a chat with my dear friends, Donna Renee Wooster. Bring in the wisdom. Bring in the wisdom. By the way, how do people find you? Like we're, you know, I think, and you guys are, you speak a lot. You do marriage retreat stuff. If I was them, I'd want to know how to find you. How do they contact you? A couple websites um, are, the easier one is DonnaRenee.com, www.com. DonAndRenee.com. How do you spell Renee? R-E-N-E-E. Oh, that's good. And then um, TrueNorthConsulting.org is another one. TrueNorthWeb. TrueNorthWeb.org. Thank you for correcting me. You can also contact KPXQ, and they know how to find me and find these guys. So a lot we could talk about. And and here's the question you're not ready for that I promised you going into the break. Because you talked about some deep things about staying in the game and... How do we do this? But dr- drill a little bit into each of you. Uh, take turns. Whoever wants to go first. What's breaking your heart right now? Mm. What makes you personally get out of your head and into your heart, and it hurts? 
not ready for that. Wow, the one that the one the first one that comes to my mind. Oh, there's a couple, but the first one that came to my my mind was um, when people quit in their marriage. Mm-hmm. That's the first one that I think comes to my mind that really breaks my heart. Like I'm really sad because it'll be it'll come to a place where you go. Oh, it was almost getting ready to turn and then someone taps out. Like someone just says, yeah, I've been trying to have that conversation for 15 years and they haven't been here. And so I'm going to be done and not able to stay in the relationship. I think, I think broken marriage is, is one that really breaks my heart. You don't. Um, I think, uh, I think addiction issues really feel heartbreaking to me. Um, when, uh, when folks get trapped and enslaved, we have so many ways to escape and medicate here in our country and that are just sort of offered up. And it's a, uh, it's kind of devastating to see how that ripples out. A person loses capacity. You know, that, that verse in Luke, when the, the younger brother, um, talks about him finally hitting the end of his own process of going down the road. And it says one day his eyes were opened. And uh, I looked that up one day to see what that means. One day his eyes were opened. And the, the Greek sort of paints a picture of one day he returned to himself. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that's what addiction, ultimately sin, always does, is it separates us from ourself. And then we're just numb to all the damage that that is happening to us and through us. And there's something that's particularly tragic to me about that. I mean, amazing people mm-hmm. that we have the potential of going numb and getting separated from ourselves mm-hmm. and the inability and the collateral damage that comes out of that. There's something really tragic about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that just is, uh, uh, yeah, it's just tragic. There's one other area, too, that I was just thinking it breaks my heart, but I was like, it might also be frustrating to me. So <laughs> maybe some combination of both of those things. Anger can sometimes look like sorrow, can look like grief. <laughs> Is um, when people do not have a bigger vision for their life, like mm-hmm. that they don't know the bigger thing they could be involved with. They've gotten so pigeonholed into a small area of their life that they – are so focused on something that they go, well, I can't have joy unless this is resolved. I can't um, because they're looking at maybe their lifestyle. They're looking at their children. They're looking at some area and staring at it like the pool and saying, well, I can't have life. And yet Jesus is standing right next to him and go, I think that feels sad to me when people like if you sometimes you just go, I want to take you to something that would give you this bigger vision that would blow out your ideas about the bigness of God. What you're saying, I'm thinking about my year in the governor's office and some other things I've experienced and learned. And it's people always wanted to ask me, Billy, how do we get so many kids in the foster care system? Mm. Why are there still so many homeless people? Why churches do all these things, Billy? It seems worse. Like, why is it worse? Why is it worse? Why is it worse? And they kind of look at me like, why? And I'm sure you get that. Like, why is it worse? Why are our friends still getting divorced? Why are our kids still a mess? Why? And a word hit me when you guys were talking. And I think the word that hits me is isolation. Yeah. Mm. That they're really finding some of the roots of of addictive cycles is isolation. 
feeling alone, then kind of making your life alone, and then you prove yourself right by being alone. And a lot of addiction, another point, though, is once you tell someone you're an addict, they kick off of you to prove, see, I told you, I, sh- I don't deserve love. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering about some, you know, the, the state of the state, the state of things mm-hmm. is a lot of loneliness, a lot of isolation, a lot of self-devaluation. And boy, that, that's, the, that's the negative. The positive is the beauty of when someone else speaks the other into your life. When someone shows up in your life and says, you matter, you're great, you got, God has a plan for you. Don, I'm thinking about, you know, you tell the story of the kid at Lost Canyon uh, when the first time they opened the camp and that dining hall makes you cry. Yeah. Elkhorn, I think is the name, right? Yeah. And, and you're standing there at the door and the kids are coming through and they're like, whoa, like, who's this for? And you said, you, yeah. I mean, Beautiful. That a kid never would have thought somebody would thought to make a log cabin dining hall in that gorgeous space for that kid. And that's the truth. So yeah. the, the, the pain of isolation, the separateness, yeah. you know, sin is really, that's sin. It's, I'm separate from myself. I'm separate from God. I'm separate from who I'm supposed to be. And the beauty of the gospel is it brings us back into community, back to who we are. I don't know. Well, about that. you know, and I think that, that uh, John 1, 14, I hate to say that there's a single verse, but the incarnation you know, that the I have word, my Bible open to it right now as we're saying. I mean, if you, if I, if, if you can only hang on one thing, and the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood, yeah. right? I mean, the God tent had always been outside of Israel. The idea that God would move right into our mess, right into where we're doing real life, real parenting, real business, and say, you know what? I actually want to be right into that. My, my love, my holiness, my desire pulls me in. I want to be in that with you. And I think mm-hmm. the incarnation, when that sort of moves into us and you sort of go, God is with us. He moved in to be with us. Um, there's something that's not information that really changes mm-hmm. us. It's incarnation. Yeah. It's going seriously, but I'm a mess and I'm sideways and I'm alone and I don't like myself. And uh, I remember at the lowest point in my life of probably telling God I couldn't hold on to him any longer and feeling like he whispered into me, is it okay if I just hold on to you? And somehow in my brain, I just couldn't imagine that he would want to grip me if I didn't have the ability to grip grip him back. And he just really whispered that to me. Can I hold on to you? And there was... That, that was exactly what I just didn't believe that was an option. And it turns out that it was, and it turns out that it is. And um, to not have that hope or to not have that truth when someone stubbornly shows up and decides to love you when you don't deserve it, you haven't earned it, and there's no reason for it, um, that can breathe life yeah. into your soul. And I've had people stubbornly love me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get to do that to somebody else. That's Donna Renee Wooster. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm going to read that passage, Renee. Yeah. And then in these next couple minutes, is there a word you would share for a listener? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read the verse, Don, that you're referring to because I have the Bible open to it right now. Look at that. Uh, it's powerful. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Renee, any thought or encouragement for somebody who's needed to be a little bit back to who they were designed to be as God showed up? I think even as I hear that verse, I'm struck today by it was movement. Like there's, and like the, this is, you know, movement day that you're, you're sponsored, um, is the whole idea that God moved towards us. And I think anytime if we're stuck or burdened, uh, confused, that we can ask the Lord about where we're supposed to be moving, in what direction, asking, I think what Don was talking about, about the information is the change happens because he revealed himself to us. And anytime, I don't think that's a one and done kind of saving grace kind of place. I think that's ongoing with the Lord. So if he moves us in a direction, we can go, you know what? I actually don't know, Lord, how you're going to hold on to me. I actually don't know what you want me to do in this relationship. I'm confused. That dependency that we talked about earlier is the place that the Lord wants us to come back to. Because we ultimately want to depend on ourselves or the other person, but the Lord says, actually, I want you to depend on me for all relationship. So ask me how you want me, how how am I supposed to move in this right now? I mean, even the word movement has move me in it, you know? So you go, what is it the Lord is asking you to do? I mean, that's some of what I did like about going to movement day um, in New York City was that I saw like this bigger thing. And I think any time that we can come into a bigger place, asking the Lord what his picture is and how he wants us to be moved, I think that has a covering and an umbrella that we need. So asking the Lord, like, how would you want me to move? Thank you both. We're going to take another break and come back and I think pray. I just want to remind everybody who's listening, we're just three people that Jesus loved on. (laughs) And that's the same we want you to hear, that, you know, we're in this Christmas season, yeah. a teenage unmarried girl <laughs> gave birth to our Savior. He's going he's to use anybody where they're at to get his glory out to the world to see. Shepherds got to hear it first, mm-hmm. and they were the smelly guys outside the city. So all of us are included in what God's going to do. There is no such thing uh, as somebody not part of God's kingdom outside of God's love. So we're going to take one more break and then close maybe in a little time of prayer. Thank you for listening. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Be back in just a minute. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Donna Renee Wooster, for listening to the Lord and being so kind to so many folks. This is Quinania on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. We have two things we just want to do before we're done. Renee wants to share a word with you, and then Don is going to pray us out. So, Renee. Yeah, we had the privilege of going this last weekend to Scottsdale Bible Church to um, Winter Wonder a friend of ours really involved in it and we wanted to go and see it and we we're blown away. It was really an incredible production. But when they did the live nativity, um, I was struck by, um, you know, we've seen some different Christmas programs, but one of the things that it really stood out and I don't know if it was on purpose or not, 
but um, they had Mary and Joseph and a real baby up there with them. And then as they brought everyone in, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, when they brought them all in, she kept turning and looking, like looking and looking. And then I was struck this time by, oh my gosh, it would have been kind of a surprise. She didn't know any of those people were coming. Like it was her and Joseph and, you know, <laughs> and the donkey. Mm-hmm. And then people showing up at different times in their life. But when they showed up, she's not going. And then I was like, oh, that's probably a good picture for me about Christmas. Like looking out. Like Mary kept looking to see what the Lord was bringing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to have more of that kind of perspective during Christmas about looking out to see what the Lord's bringing. Sweet. Don, will you pray us out? Yeah. So God, thanks. Thanks that you came into our mess. Thanks that you came full of grace and truth. And give us grace to receive the truth. And give us grace to release the truth. As the Father sent you, so you send us. So help us go with joy. Help us go with anticipation. Help us go with thankfulness, God. We have much to celebrate and we have much to release. Mm -hmm. We're thankful that you don't need us, but you love us and you called us. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you both, Donna Renee, for being a friend. Thanks for sharing cool stuff with me all the time, but also thanks for this hour. You've been listening to Koinonia here on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. Hope you've been blessed. Mm -hmm. God bless you this Christmas. That you would believe what's true. God showed up for you. That's the greatest gift. So God bless you, and we'll be in touch, and see you next week. Bye.